Welcome to the Westside Personalized Podcast, where real educators share their classroom-tested, learner-approved personalization practices. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and are able to find a few valuable takeaways from the podcast. And so without further ado, let's go to the pod! All right, the Westside Personalized Podcast is taking a road trip today across the street from Westside High School, really. I mean, essentially about a block down the road to Christ the King, where I'm getting a chance to visit today a little bit with Hannah Kupka, who I just sort of know socially, I guess, because you've had a chance to coach at Westside at the Mm -hmm. high school with volleyball. Um, And then so through friends, she kind of got interested in our personalized learning initiative. Hannah and I had an opportunity over the summer to chat a little bit about personalized learning and what that could look like potentially, you know, at ELA like structured something we, we visited about then and she was so interested she decided to attend our training which was really awesome and uh, so she and a couple of her co-workers uh, came this past fall and what I'm looking forward to talking with Hannah about today is just seeing her interpretation of those personalized elements uh, in this setting because it's different and it's not something to where uh, we necessarily came through as we typically do you know as collaborators and and supported her in terms of brainstorming through this process and so she certainly like got to hear uh, our interpretation of personalized learning and then implement that in a way that just made sense to her and so it's been really fun I got a chance to observe this morning check out your classroom so thanks for welcoming me in and uh, I'm gonna let Hannah tell you a little bit about herself and kind of history and education here and uh, then we'll kind of start to talk about personalized learning at Christ the King. All right. Like Andrew said, I met him just kind of through friends, and my sister actually took a class with you her freshman year. So I kind of got to see, yeah, so I got to see both perspectives, the perspective of Lucy being engaged in language arts, which was not her strong suit. Sorry, Lucy. And seeing her get excited about that. And then also on the other hand, I went to Nita a couple weeks ago and being able to see the, the other perspective, the teaching perspective of personalized learning in your eyes. And it's one thing I've really learned through personalized learning is it's there's so many different ways to go about doing it. And it's so different. Everybody, every teacher takes it differently. And that's cool. I think yeah. that's cool. And, and that that's the thing. And I think that's the overwhelming thing is, is as teachers, we want to see as many examples as possible. But really, there's just no really, really right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. But I'll kind of back up and kind of say some of my educational yeah, experiences, yeah. but also I love your ways. Me. That's good. Yeah. Like we're just firing off yeah. the so learning chat. I student taught in District 66 at Oakdale. So shout out to Becca Cracky and Julie Schmitz. They yep. um, were the ones that started personalized learning. And they pushed me to think about education in a different way. And I'm so thankful for that. And they, I did a lot of personalization within math, setting up an entire chapter topic with Envision and then doing a personalized unit within that. And we taught, you know, co-teaching 40 some kids at a time. And it was really necessary for us to be having personalization within that co-teaching experience. Mm-hmm. And that was really awesome. But after I graduated December of 2015 and got a job at Christ the King starting in January. So I had two weeks to, you know, get ready for real, real world experience right there. And I, at first, didn't, I tried it and I wasn't ready for it. So I felt like I needed a couple, like a year or so, year or two to just get my, my, get my feet wet and feel comfortable within what I had in front of me. And I would try different elements of personalization, maybe more so within projects. I think that was the easiest way to start smaller sure. chunks and then go from there. So I taught for a year and a half. And then this year, I really felt, I talked with Andrew over the summer and I met you that last spring. You're right. So this summer, I, I really said, okay, I really want to do this. I really want to go all out with um, trying different units. And I have the I, – I teach fifth and sixth grade at Christ the King. 
language arts and math. So I get the pleasure of being able to teach both subjects for a middle school teacher, which is really awesome. But the awesome thing about that too is I can teach it in fifth grade, but then I also have those kids again the next year. Sure. And that's really key, I feel like, in being able to develop the skills in fifth grade. So this year I had personalization. I started for first quarter and I kind of went and I developed it. And now Andrew got to witness me introducing literature circles and we had some personalization elements to it with reflections. And I was able to work that their way to this because I feel like they were all able today. I don't know if you noticed this, but they all took what I had to say and they understood what I was talking about because I was basing it on a unit that we had done prior this year. And, and yeah. we'd done it twice. And that was really awesome. I felt, like, really good about that. I was like, sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> but, like, they understand what my process in it because we've done those personalization units before. So I'm hoping that going into next year it's going to be the same thing, but it's going to grow and get better. Yeah. And it, I know that these things that I've learned about personalization will help them in their future in their planning and understanding their learning. So... And I think I'm going to like interject here too and just say that um, the word you used to kind of preface all that was skills. And oftentimes, because we have our elements and because their interpretations are different, which you also talked about, which I totally agree with, we encourage people to find entry points. And like projects, the opportunity to extend choice is, and just really to differentiate is certainly one of those those initial kind of forays into personalized learning. Uh, but then I think it's essential once you get there. And I, I feel like the onus on our program really at Westside too is, is now that we sort of have a choice, I, I've been referring to it as like a choice-rich environment, how do we then next year start to try to be a little bit more intentional about going that next step to say skills and understand who you are as a learner and that you have learner preferences and that there are certain, I don't know, processes and characteristics to being a responsible adult. (laughs) And in my time here today, I've been really encouraged at what you uh, have done to sort of create a lot of opportunities for students to not only reflect, but collaborate uh, and really to be transparent as the educator in the class about what those systems could potentially look like Uh, with fifth graders. You know, sometimes people are like, no, it's a high school thing. Like, uh, and you're right. They, they, we're very receptive to that. And so starting this year, I guess, because you said you were really, you kind of felt like yeah. that implementation was, was getting off the ground. Fifth grade, sixth grade, like where did this sort of begin to build out from? Okay, so I went to the training in October, and I already had that background knowledge when I was student teaching. Mm-hmm. And we chatted I, over the summer. Too. Yeah, we chatted over the summer, and I was trying to envision it. And I actually planned a unit that we ended up not using, but... I, that helped me kind of think through what I yeah. what to do, but I need I knew that with this I needed to keep it a unit. So I, I planned a novel study because I think it's easy to kind of plan it out. Okay, I have three weeks. What is this going to look like? And we ended up doing the line the witch in the wardrobe. And I started it with fifth grade. And I asked my co-teacher, the other teacher that teaches language arts. I go, Andrea, just just trust me. And I go, mm-hmm. this is might not work. And I go, but please trust that, that I'm going to try it out. And I kind of took what Andrew did with Lucy, but I kind of took a twist on it and I created menus. And I, I just said, okay, I need of everything in one space for my students and all the resources. And I had to get it all done and it took me a long time. And I knew that about personalized learning when I was student teaching where it's a lot of prep. but oh, Front one, end work is pretty Yeah, heavy. it's a lot, but I feel like as a teacher, it helps me be more intentional of the skills that I want to hit. What do I want them to show me? Because I think a lot of times teachers, including myself, get really caught up in the little things like, well, they need to do this, they need to do this. But really, what are the skills I need them to know? And what are the ways that they can show me? Because there's so many different ways. So I've, I was very flexible with 
if you don't like what you see in front of you, what's another way you can show me that? Mm -hmm. um, I was a little bit more restrictive on my first novel study of here are your choices. But the next one, I was more yeah. lenient in giving them more opportunities to even create their own, which I found to be really awesome and seeing, okay, how can they come up with showing me this and giving them not really any examples helped them be more creative, mm -hmm. which was really cool. But anyways, backing up to this first personalized unit. Well, and I'm going to real quick too, and then yes. let you do that. If you're listening in, I love Hannah's comment there too, and that like, give yourself permission to start small or start with something that's manageable. Yeah. I think that's uh, why I chose a novel study because it's really hard to just think the whole year, but I just chose one class in one experience. So one novel study for three weeks and it was like right after Thanksgiving and it was the perfect amount of time for them just to focus on that book and yeah. be able to insert different things. So how I set this up was I set up a menu system kind of like how Andrew did it but I'm sure it was completely different with the way that you had it set up but I kind of did it where I had the main course and it was a skill that we would we talk about in class but um, it was some project and that was the required one. I said the main dish is required, sorry about it. And then I would give them options, so side dishes of different things. So like I would do for Lion, Witch, and Warden, we did characterization and they had two options of ways that they could show their understanding of characterization within the novel. And then the last one, the, the second side dish would be vocab and there would be two separate side dishes for that. And then the dessert was optional, but it was extra credit. So it would always be a creative little thing that they could try to figure out. And they weren't allowed to move on. They had to place themselves. And I just said everything. And then I had three menus. The third menu would be was the projects. And the second menu was just continuing practicing those skills. But they couldn't move on until they finished one menu at a time. But I just said everything's due at the end. But the biggest thing with that that I thought was cool that I learned a lot about was helping students problem solve because I had yeah. all of the stuff in the back. I just said I have everything that you need in the crates. And I go, don't come to me and ask where it is. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to point. But it really helped them with their problem-solving skills, but also looking for the answers that they're trying to figure out, talking with each other, asking me. But it was a lot of – there was definitely a learning curve involved, mm -hmm. and they did better and better as we've progressed through different personalized learning units. Um, you know what I find interesting about that, too, is that sometimes – I don't know which – it depends on how you want to like view it because some people will say, well, you don't understand my students. They would never be academically responsible enough to do something like personalized learning, so I won't attempt it. But if you don't attempt it, how will they ever develop the skills necessary to be academically responsible? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, so and, and just like in life, it, too. Yeah. Right. It provides a layer to the educational experience that uh, I think is – that piece, regardless of what subject you're teaching, if that piece is there, that skill set translates to anything, whether it be another discipline, whether it be work. And life we, at we home. talked a lot about, so we give them choice with a lot of different things, but we also talked about ways that they best learn. I mean, if this is, and I would say this, like, hey, you should do this activity if you are this type of learner. We talk a lot about different types of learning. But as you go through, I did give my students, this is what I would do with my schedule. So I know that I have a volleyball game here, so I'm going to do this assignment this day. And I know that everything's due by the end, but I can't, I can't move on until I finish one menu, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. So the cool thing about it was, you know, I, we kind of set it up. I said, this is what I kind of would do just to show them this is what this would look like in your pacing. Yeah. Um, but everybody so was you different. You basically, how long was the duration? Just to um, it was about it, uh, three-ish weeks. And I kind of said, okay, I would spend three to four days-ish, maybe a little less on each section yep. for pacing. So I had some students where they loved this and they went off and they did their own thing and I let them be. 
some students I had to check in with mm -hmm. every day. Yeah. And check in with them. What are you going to do today? What is your goal by the end of class? How are you going to complete that goal? What are you going to have done for tomorrow? And, you know, there are, I'd say about two kids in my class of 20. Uh, every single day I had to sit with them and make that game plan. And that was okay. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. And it's worth it because I know next year this time it's not going to be like that. Right. But you have to check in. Like you, I could, I could not let them go and be like, all right, good luck. I'll see you in, you know, 20 days. You have to, you <laughs> yes. have to schedule it out. And some students, they love it. They're great. But there's some students you have to check in with. Like if I start collecting mm -hmm. the menus and I'll cross their names off. And if I notice there, there's a few that I'm still waiting on, I'll go check in with them. And I don't, push them. I'm like, you right. do what you got to do. But I would say that you probably want to start moving on just to give that slight, Hey, here you go. And it's important. That's an important step too. And I think some people, they're afraid to let go, but that's a way that you're still giving that structure to those students that need that. But yeah. one piece that I've learned from that now that I'm starting another somewhat personalized unit is that reflection piece. I have the reflection sheet that they have to fill out into class. They're in small groups, so how did my small group do with participation, behavior, but also how can we better our small group next time and what's mm -hmm. the game plan for the future? When am I going to get these certain things done? And I think awesome. that's a huge piece that I've learned lately. Okay. And so it was a big piece for you. Why? Like, what do you think that that reflection sort of brings as, as a layer? Because I'm totally with you. Yeah. I think that it's one thing to set a goal and it focuses me, but if I don't ever double back, yeah, what do you yeah. think? Um, I guess I've learned lately that uh, after Nita, I, I just didn't, I, I knew I was missing something within my personalization unit, mm -hmm. um, but I, I didn't know how to get there. And then I was like, oh, that makes complete sense. And that's such a quick little thing that they could do as an exit slip. Yeah. I think a lot of times with my last two units, I would check in with a lot of individual students and say, hey, how's it going? What's your game plan? And I would talk to the kids about it and talk through their thinking. But I think there's something to do with, you know, pen and paper, writing right. it down and thinking about it, especially with these kiddos, especially in fifth grade that need to write it down. And they, I need to just and it's so quick mm -hmm. to be able to look through it quickly and respond to it, because, I mean, there are some kids that will just put whatever, but you know, I'll talk with them one on one. But it would yeah. just be better for them to have to write it down and turn it into me so they know that that's that yeah. accountability piece, but also that they're doing their own self-reflection. Well, and I know we've talked in earlier pods, too, that making sure that that goal is a smart goal, that it's measurable, because yes. then when you double back to the reflection, now you know, like you have, did you meet your goal? I have a very objective, like, yes or no response to that that can then lead to, if no, <laughs> you know, what, what revisions would you make to like yeah. more to optimize your time? And I definitely and think effective. an accommodation for fifth and sixth grade though, would be giving them a list of examples mm -hmm. of ways, or maybe even with fifth, like giving them A, B, C, D, here are your options for your goal. And then near the end of the year, making yeah, it a little bit yeah. more open-ended. I think for them, they, they have no idea. They'll be like eight chapters today. And it's like, <laughs> no, no. Right. And this, I mean, this now is what I'm doing now is a little bit more structured because we're, you know, we have two weeks left mm -hmm. and the kids are a little, little rowdy. So we need to keep them focused in on, okay, what are we doing each day? But for my other novel studies, the kids set up how they, how much they wanted to read at certain times. But I did in class structure it where, these are the things that we are going to read together. Don't talk about what you're reading ahead. Because yeah. it's so yeah. hard because kids, if they start getting really into it, they're way ahead. So that's when the personalization has to happen. Because mm -hmm. there are kids that are almost done with the book, kids that are only a few chapters into the book. But making sure that we still have the classroom community of conversation about a book together. 
Nice. You got the pace piece. Choice. Technology, yes. Even okay. though my you school talk about that it, a little bit. My school's not a one to one and when I was at Westside it was such a treat. Here it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But it's still doable. We have Office 365. Um, which is kind of like Google Docs, where they can save documents, um, do different things, and they can work on it at home, and it directly works here as well. Utilize that sway, different PowerPoints oh, yeah. and whatnot. But also, I mean, I have like QR codes that they scan with my iPads, and they do different activities. But I always put the link if they need to use it at home, so they don't have a QR code reader at home. They can use the link and um, type it out at home. But I do have that piece present. It's just not as easy for me to access it because I think mm-hmm. I have like 11 or 12 iPads for, you know, 20 kids. So it's definitely a piece. But if it, for personalization, you know, when we set the menus and whatnot, they're all at different parts. So it's not like they all need the iPads at the same time. Right. So we've that's kind of why it's worked out with that's my really iPads. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So much of that sounds familiar to whenever I taught in Kansas City and got started with all this just really organically. We, yeah, we were not one-to-one either. We had an uh, intermedia center, about 12 desktops, and I got an opportunity to actually check out the media center is how I usually word it and kind of joke about oh, that, yeah. um, right. where I'd move the whole class down there. And, and like you said, because there were, I had a big packet you just of gotta, stuff. You just got to be creative with yeah, what you yeah. have in front of you. And you make, it, you make it work. I think one strength, again, just to like maybe end on this note, because I just watched it happen so frequently today, just in my, my short time being in here, is just the intentional conversations to support reflective thinking about their learning uh, and leading them through that be- and not just taking, I think sometimes you go, oh, well, you know, manage yourself. Like you, here's a calendar and, and you know, if you set a goal, you should be able to go. And like you mentioned, some people, yes, they can just take off and others, you were, you were implementing personalized learning to help them build that skill but it is a little bit of, you have to be patient it's a bit of a struggle and you have to offer like you said kind of alternative ways to uh, maybe consider some of those things but let's to, to give some examples so you're like what does that look like in the classroom so when you go to do your reflection piece uh, this is one i was thinking and then i'll throw it to some of the ones that you've like done today maybe the first time you ask students to reflect you have them write their answer down and you stop class and you go what are some of the reflections that you you know had in class today and they would share those out and you could talk about it you could brainstorm some and maybe do that for the first couple times through so you can scaffold in what it actually looks like to think about all the different facets that play into it there was a, a time too where i wrote down and it was like 60 different things all the choices that you make as a learner in, in one class session. Uh, and I think for students to just sort of look at that was like, wow, like I didn't realize I was in control of all these facets and that all of these things play into uh, my optimal productivity and, and being able to get the most out of this time. So I look at um, like the conversation you had about seats today. You want to talk about just even something oh, like that. Interesting. Okay. It's good. Uh, yeah. I Okay. Fifth grade, I've been giving them different opportunities to learn about the where they learn best. My fifth grade language arts class is struggling with, I want to sit with my friend. Mm -hmm. I want to sit with this or I want to go this table or whatever. Sixth grade's figured out a little bit more. I set parameters, you know, two girls, two boys at one table. That's, we got to keep it like that. But I give them options. If you stand and work best or you work in the front, that's awesome. Do that. Or um, sometimes I'll do it where these are group work tables. These are individual if you want to work by yourself tables Mm -hmm. constantly and moving around in my little classroom and making it work but fifth grade today and they I think they did a really good job today with you but yesterday I gave them opportunity go move to where you think you would learn best they moved and I go I don't like it it's not it's not best they wasn't we started the class and wasn't feeling good and I go go back to your seats we'll try again tomorrow Mm -hmm. and I go tonight for homework I want you to think about how do you learn best 
how do you learn best? And we kind of brainstorm ways that we learn best as students. Give some of those because your examples were good today. As you were trying to encourage them to make a right decision, you went through about four or five, oh like it might be this and it could be that. Oh my or... gosh, I have to remember what I said. I think I said more so, um, I gave, I talked to students about, okay, what are ways that you weren't learn best? Do you learn best standing? Maybe you weren't learn best in the back of the classroom. Is there a student that you don't normally sit with that you maybe work well with or you don't know very well and this is your opportunity to get to know them better? Sit next to somebody that helps you be your best learner. It might not be your best friend and that's okay. But some of my students, they genuinely work really well with their good friend yeah. and they are focused and I allow that too. But I, I really challenge them to think about, okay, who are different people? And I, I really love it when they point it out to me. Hey, I sat next to this person yeah. and I don't talk to this person. And I especially love it when boys and girls choose to sit next to each other because they know they work really well together. And then I get all like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Like, that's so awesome mm -hmm. because I purposely, you know, at the beginning of the year would sit people next to each other. And then as we progress with flexible seating, seeing them try to figure it out and learn and grow through that and choosing and right different decisions. Yeah. yeah and today I genuinely think they figured it out and I was a little nervous having them do it in front of you <laughs> because Should I didn't know I I didn't know how they would do because my this group particularly they they're very close and I love that about this group but they all are love to talk with one another it probably did not the right time sometimes, but I said, okay. And I try to put that trust in them because they mm -hmm. need to know how to do that. And they need to know how to do it when they're, in, when they're older. And all of my classes have had the opportunities to try these different things. And I'm moving my classroom next year. And I really want to have more dynamic different areas for them. So like a higher table to have standards and whatnot. And I, I learned an idea from you that I want to try next year is giving students the opportunity to try each different place in the room so maybe you work really well if you have I have these things called bouncy bands so it's something where you can put your feet up maybe that helps to get, get to move something you yeah. know it helps with that so those kind of things help with flexible seating in a different way we try to mix it up as much as we can in class with different opportunities you know and if you're listening in and you go well what is a bouncy band at the core of it all I am, as a student now, starting to just think about, again, all of these choices. I want to be consistent with what we said earlier in the podcast. <laughs> like, like, be reflective. Like, what you do does matter. It's not just a sit and get, like, back and forth, like, survive the time period and move on to the next thing. Like, you, you are making decisions constantly that will feed into your ability to, yeah, get as much as you can out of the time. Uh, and the furniture definitely is a big part of that. Modeling those practices as a phenomenal educator nice job like right and kind try, of bring those try. points up and uh i think I, the biggest thing with personalization yeah, and any, go. What's, and what's any any of this is to try takeaway. little things at a time and be okay with letting go because i think it's so hard to let go of your classroom and trust and know that if you fail it's okay but learn from it and change like i feel like everything that i've done i've evolved with time but it's taken a lot of time to get to where i am now but i'm so proud of it and as an educator i get so jazzed about pushing myself to grow mm -hmm. and learn and constantly surrounding myself with other teachers that are have that same vision and it inspires me to keep going. I mean, that's where we're going and that's where my students are going. So I yeah. love it. I love oh. it. I, I've, been, I've really enjoyed it. And <laughs> it's pushed me to be a better person and helping them be better people and preparing them for life because ultimately they're not going to remember 
all the little trivial things <laughs> that we're giving them, but they're going to remember these life skills. Yeah. They're going to remember these different things that help them set them up for success, you know? Gosh, well, and um, I'll close my point out, and then I'm going to throw it to you one more time. This week, I, I, got, I try to blog every week, and I usually write just like very application level, practical stuff about personalized learning. But I wrote about risk this week because it's been interesting to have these like reflections with, with people through the podcast. And one of the things that I sort of drew from that uh, opportunity to just explore that idea was that, yeah, sometimes it takes, when you take a risk and it pays off and you sort of navigate those waters, like you're then willing to take a bigger risk the next time and, and to risk more consistently, like more frequently. And I think that you almost have to develop a, I think I just worded it as a risk history. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you, I, I'm very transparent with my students. I, I say... That's the other key part. I wrote about this. Keep going. Tran, I'm very transparent about telling my students, I've never done this before. Yeah. And I do ask them if they like it or not and what it can do better. Mm -hmm. And that's such a key thing, too, is asking, asking the totally students, agree. okay, how do you feel about this? What can I do better? Do you like this or this? And being transparent about it, I think they like that. I think they think that's really cool that I'm trying it out on them and giving them a shot at trying it out too and mm -hmm. it's awesome it's i think it's very humbling i think for me to be able to say it to be like i'm just trying it out i'm just we're gonna try it out and see if it happens if it fails that's okay we're gonna learn from it and don't students need adults to model that for them like not only are you doing that in order to make this a collaborative experience and, and make sure that the personalized practice gets kind of up and off the ground, but in that moment you are showing them that it is okay to take chances to fail to risk and to to just learn from it and just do the best you can moving forward. So the last thing I was going to bring up here is that it sounds like, I mean, you got risk, you got vision, where you want to go with it. Where are you going next? Where what do you think? Next? Have you thought about it? This is a tough question to ask this an educator tough. in May. Yeah, right? it's hard. <laughs> like, um, summer, that's where I, I'm going. I'm next. really excited because I have these things I worked really hard on. Yeah. And now next year I'll be able to have that as a starting block. Cool. You're like I, Next year yeah. I think I think I'm going to start really focusing on getting them into my math classes. Awesome. And also developing them within my language arts classes. So I'm, I'm glad that I've started it this year, but now I'm going to start bringing in my math. And I've seen it before and I've done it. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting. So that's my... Fun. forward thinking and I'm really psyched about it. It's going to be cool. Well, cool. I know I'm going to be following up with you to hear more about this math endeavor that you'll take on uh, next year. And I really appreciate your time today for letting me come into your classroom and all that you've done to, I don't know, do personalized learning here. And I just learned so much and this has been a fantastic experience uh, stepping over to Christ the King for a little bit of time this morning. So thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming. Well, that's a wrap on another great episode. For more information or to contact us directly, you can email our team at personalized.learning at westside66.net. As always, thanks for tuning in and learning from the Westside Personalized Podcast.